This is the Sunday morning message broadcast from Church of God Holiness in El Dorado Springs. Would you please open your Bibles to the very middle? And if you have an electronic Bible, that's a little tough to do. Uh, but if you have uh, a Bible like this, open it to the very middle. Do you know where that is? Just some trivia. That is Psalm 118.8. So you can start there, and then actually you need to go to the left to Psalm 15. And uh, we're going to be in a couple of scriptures before we get there, but anyway, that's, uh, you can be finding that. We're continuing our series called Vanishing Virtues. The first week we talked about the vanishing virtue of honor. God has called us to honor certain groups of people. And then last week we talked about the virtue of loyalty. And fast-forwarding to next week to just give you a little preview, Lord willing, we're going to talk about the virtue of gratitude. One of the big problems in, in our society today is the issue of entitlement. In other words, most of us, even you, yeah, that's right, all of you, all of us, we feel entitled. We think the government owes us we think the church owes us. We think our family owes us. Poor people feel they're entitled because they're poor. You know, our, our welfare system is out of control because of that mentality. And then wealthy people feel they're entitled and deserve extra respect because, well, they've done better th than others. And then young people feel entitled because they're young and they need a boost to get going. Older people feel entitled and they think they deserve extra benefits because... They've served their time. Drug addicts feel entitled uh, because they're messed up and can't do any better. Church people, Christians feel entitled because they're, they're good people. And so they ought to be given a little bit more slack than those quote-unquote bad sinners. Pastors even feel entitled because, I mean, we work for God. Can you say that? You know, we work for God and so... You know, this goes on and on and on. We all feel entitled, whether it's for financial assistance or extra benefits or extra respect, whatever. But when we begin to feel entitled, that is a leading indicator that the virtue of gratitude has vanished from our society. So next Sunday, I'm just serving it out there. We will probably ruffle more than a few feathers and talk about gratitude but that's getting way ahead of ourselves. We've, we've got to survive today. And today's lesson is a really tough lesson. We're going to talk about what I feel like is one of the most important virtues for Christians. And that is the virtue of integrity. Now, integrity, or the lack of it, is especially noticed in a small community such as ours. What one seemingly insignificant but questionable action here's what i found it immediately hits the gossip circles and before you know it it makes its rounds through the city limits and then it somehow has a way of finding the rural communities surrounding elderly springs so i found that in a small community such as ours integrity or the lack of it is especially noticeable a few years ago, I, I had gone to get gas at a local filling station, and I, I paid for the gas inside, went back out to my car, and there outside on the ground right by my car was an envelope, and it didn't have an address, didn't have a stamp, didn't have any writing on it, 
And it looked too thick to just be some trash that had blown out of someone's car. So I picked it up and it wasn't sealed and I peeked inside of it. And there was a good amount of cash in it. And I don't remember the exact amount. It was a few years ago, but it was between two and three hundred dollars. Very significant, at least for me. And now my first thought was, God, you are so cool. And, you know, since this money just appeared out of nowhere, it was like, I won't even have to claim this as income on my taxes. Sorry, Uncle Sam. And I wanted to start singing that that old hymn, you know, it is mine, mine, blessed be his name, mine for all eternity. And I was so blessed and I found money before, but not this much. I've been on bike rides and those of you that ride bikes, you know, I, I don't know what happens. People are nuts. But riding along, I, I, I have, I don't know if they get into fights or what, but I found all kinds of stuff along the road. Pocket knives, of course, drug paraphernalia. But, but I've also found money. I remember one day I was riding along and there were a bunch of quarters, like somebody had taken a handful of quarters and just chucked them out. And so I'll just tell you, I wasn't too proud. I got off my bike and I was stuffing those quarters in my pocket. And, and I know a pastor shouldn't say this, but I love finding money. But, but they're at the filling station, even, even though I'm a firm believer that God at times blesses us in mysterious ways. It just appears, but, you know, I had this sense that this probably wasn't one of those mysterious blessings from God. I, I knew that somebody had lost the money. So a bit grudgingly, I went back into the store, told the clerk, and the, the, the clerk was somebody I trusted, somebody I knew, and, and uh, said, you know what, we'll keep it for a couple of days, then you can come back, check back. And I was hoping that nobody would claim it, but went back in a couple of days, and they did claim it. And, and, and the lady that had lost it, I actually know, and she talked to me later on. We ran into and she was so grateful that I'd been honest. And, and, and so I didn't get the money, but not once has my conscience bothered me for turning the money in. I had another situation at the car wash, and... Somebody had left some really nice floor mats hanging at the car wash. And they were Ford, Harold, they were Ford floor mats in perfect condition. And I drive a Ford pickup truck. And even though mine's 22 years old yet, it's still a good Ford. And and uh, my, my floor mats, I, I just tell you, I, I, I'm sorry, Harold, but they're the cheap, generic floor mats. But these were the real deal with the Ford emblem on them. And I wanted them so badly. Nobody was there. And, and, but I knew that if, if I started throwing those into the back of my truck, the owner would come back. And I'd be caught and say, what are you doing taking my floor mats? And um, so even though I really wanted those floor mats, yet I wanted my integrity worse. And, and I drove away, left them hanging. Now, I'm not going to say that I've always passed the integrity test because I haven't. <laughs> there have been plenty of times, I'm sorry, as your pastor, I've flunked it. I one day at Walmart, I bought a hunting vest, and it was on clearance. I got home, realized it wasn't what I wanted, and a few days later, I returned it. Now, when I went to the customer service department, they made a mistake, and instead of giving me the amount I had paid, which was the price you know, that was on sale, they gave me the full price refund, which was close to 20 bucks more than I had paid. And I didn't say anything. I just took the extra 20 bucks. My conscience got to bothering me so much. I hate it. But I had to make the drive from Elderly Springs back to Nevada, back to Walmart. And it was so embarrassing. As I explained to them what had happened, it would have been so much easier to have done this early on rather than the way I did it. So 
you know, I'm not going to just stand up here and pretend that I've, you know, this guy that never flunks this integrity test because I, I, I do. Now, I, I know that you can go overboard and, and have an overly sensitive conscience and become a slave to it. And I know some people like that. But I believe what is more common is that our conscience is not sensitive enough. And because of that, I, I sometimes uh, have sometimes found that people, listen, they're more shocked by integrity than the lack of integrity. You know, we've come to almost expect, expect and man, this is, this is painful, but we have come to expect a certain level of dishonesty in every person. I mean, you turn on the news every day and hear stories, you know, maybe an athlete that everybody respected and comes down that they were into performance-enhancing drugs. Sometimes it's a Christian leader or a close friend that said one thing, but they had a double life going on. And, and so after hearing this day after day, over and over, sometimes we're more shocked by someone who has integrity and does the right thing than we are by someone who doesn't do the right thing. So to begin with this morning, let's put together a working definition of integrity. And this is not necessarily dictionary proof, but it puts it in a way that we can understand it. Integrity is when your behavior matches your beliefs. Integrity is an integrated lifestyle where what you do lines up with what you say. It's when your private life matches your public life. Someone said integrity is what you do when no one else is looking. Now, integrity is different than your reputation. Your, your, your reputation is what other people think you are. And, and sometimes they get it right. Sometimes they don't get it right. It, it's not always accurate. But your integrity or the lack of it is who you really are. All right, before we go any further, let's look at our memory verse for the week. As we've been doing each week in, in this series... You've got your cards there. Go ahead and take them out of your bulletin or wherever they are. You got them? Just wave them. Make sure that you got them. Did, did you not get them? No, but okay. A few people have them. And if, if not, you can read it off uh, the wall there. So on the count of three, let's, uh, and we're going to say the Proverbs part at the very end. So on the count of three, all together, out loud, one, two, three, the integrity of the upright guides them, but the unfaithful are destroyed by their duplicity Proverbs 11.3. Let's say it again. That was kind of wimpy. One, two, three. The integrity of the upright guides them, but the unfaithful are destroyed by their duplicity. Proverbs 11.3. There's a rather obscure story in the book of 1 Samuel. We're going to get to Psalm 15 in a moment. But a rather obscure story that illustrates integrity. Samuel at this time was an old man. He was getting close to the end of his life and, and he had taken the matter of integrity so seriously. He wasn't afraid to open himself up under the scrutiny of anyone. Listen to what he says in 1 Samuel chapter 12, breaking into verse 2. I stand here, an old gray haired man. I've served as your leader since I was a boy. Now tell me as I stand before the Lord and before his anointed one, Whose ox or donkey have I stolen? Have I ever cheated any of you? Have I ever oppressed you? Have I ever taken a bribe? Tell me, 
I will make right whatever I've done wrong. In other words, he said, I'm giving you a free shot now. Free shot. You know, here is your chance to make public anything that I've done wrong. Have I ever stolen, cheated, taken advantage of you? And in verse 4, the people said, no. You've never cheated or oppressed us in any way. You've never taken even a single bribe. Verse 5, the Lord and his anointed one are my witnesses, Samuel declared, that you can never accuse me of robbing you. Yes, it is true, they replied. So what Samuel did was kind of what they used to do at at weddings. and, And you don't hear this very much anymore, but some of you would remember this. The minister would say, if anyone has any reason this couple should not be married, speak now or forever hold your peace. Anybody remember that little, little speech? And I sometimes before uh, the ceremony, I will ask couples, do you want me to include that in the ceremony? And the, uh, most of them said, no, no, no. <laughs> but I did have one family one time. It was, it, was, it was kind of funny. It wasn't the couple being married, but it was the family. And they, they said, would you please include that in your thoughts? And I said, okay. And And so I asked the question, does anyone have any reason this couple should not be married? Speak now or forever. Hold your peace. And all the grooms started clearing their throats as if they were going to talk out loud. And and the couple just about panicked. Um, but, But Samuel said, you know, free shot. This is your chance. This is your opportunity to bring up any wrong that I might have done to you. But the community looked on and said, Samuel, you've done what is right. You're a person a man of integrity. And when I come to the end of my life, and I know there will be some people that will say, Joe, I, I didn't necessarily like you. And I sure didn't like your cat jokes. And I can under, can't understand why there. But, and I didn't care for the way you preached. Th- that's okay. I, I, I don't need to have great praise heaped on me. But I hope that when I come to the end of my life that it can be said about me that I was a person of integrity. Now, for just a few moments, again, we're going to look at Psalm 15 because there are some verses there that capture a life of integrity. Psalm 15, this is from the New Living Translation. Verse 1, Who may worship in your sanctuary, Lord? Who may enter your presence on your holy hill? Those who lead blameless lives and do what is right. That's integrity. Speaking the truth from sincere hearts. Integrity. Those who refuse to slander others or harm their neighbors or speak evil of their friends. Integrity. Those who despise persistent sinners and honor the faithful followers of the Lord. And listen, keep their promises even when it hurts. Integrity. Those who do not charge interest on the money they lend, who refuse to accept bribes to testify against the innocent, integrity, such people will stand firm forever. So looking at this psalm, really quickly, I want to give you four benefits of living a life of integrity. Number one, and these are so basic. Number one, you will find a high level of intimacy with God. Living a life of integrity fosters a closeness with God. Let me illustrate it this way. Let's say that I serve God without any hypocrisy and try to pass it on to my kids and, and, and my grandkids and you know the, the values that I feel are important. They say, Dad, or, or for my grandkids, Papa, we're going to do our very best to follow your, in your footsteps and live according to the family values that you've instilled in us. And 
Now, what will that do for our relationship? Don't you think that will bring us close together? But, but let's say that they come to me and blurt out, forget you, Dad, or forget you, Papa. We don't like your values. We're going to do our own thing. Now, I will still love them, but don't you think it will destroy that closeness that we have? And the same is true with God. When, when we live according to His values, according to His Word, there will be a high level of intimacy and closeness. But by the same token, when we don't live according to His values, when we don't live according to His Word, that will destroy the closeness, the intimacy that we have with Him. Well, the second benefit of a life of integrity is that you will have a built-in guide. Remember our memory verse, the integrity of the upright guides them. So a person with integrity will be able to see what is right, what is wrong. They will not be confused by the values of the world. I I don't know if you've noticed this. I think you have. But the world's values are so messed up. Here's what we do. We save that rare salamander, which is okay. But listen. Listen. We allow the life of a living child in a womb to be taken. And, and I'm sorry, this is not a political statement. It's a biblical statement, but that is messed up. You know, our society also pushes tolerance and inclusiveness for all groups of people, which is okay. You know, every person, red and yellow, black and white, they are precious in his sight. Yet our society is no longer inclusive towards those with Christian values. Have you noticed that? We've lost direction and guidance. But a person of integrity will have that internal guide to lead them through a messed up society. A third thing, you will have constant peace in your heart. You know, when you live a life of integrity and pillow your head at night, you don't have to worry... What if someone finds out? What if I get caught? What if my boss finds out? Or what if my wife finds out I've been looking at stuff I shouldn't be looking at? You know, a person of integrity will have constant peace with no fear of getting caught or being discovered. And then fourthly, you will gain trust, respect, and influence. Parents, listen, if you want to be respected by your children, be a parent of integrity. Now, your children may think you're old-fashioned, but they will respect you. If you want influence in the business community, be a person of integrity. Pay your bills. Seriously, pay your bills. You know, I hear stories in in this town of church people, even pastors. They don't pay their bills nor have any intent to pay their bills. Pay your bills. Have I said that yet? Pay your bills. Otherwise, nobody will want to go to your church and nobody will want to serve your God. You know, there are other things. Don't rip people on Facebook. That's not the purpose of Facebook. Amen? Amen. Facebook has some wonderful, wonderful attributes. It's not to rip people. Don't gossip. Don't be two-faced. You know, we could go on and on, but 
be a person of integrity. And when you have integrity, people will listen to you. They will seek your advice simply because they know you can be trusted. Now, what's the opposite of integrity? I'll help you out. It's what non-Christians often say about Christians. They say, oh, Christians, they're just a bunch of hypocrites. The opposite of integrity is hypocrisy. And I won't mention his name, but there's a pastor. I know who he is. And if I would mention his name, some of you would recognize the name. But he was caught in one of the most embarrassing moments of hypocrisy you could ever imagine. He and his wife were garage sailing, looking for a baby swing. And, and they came across exactly what they were looking for. The price was $30. And the, and the pastor said, you know, he would have paid $40 and been the happiest dog in town. But as we all do, he decided to, decided to try to negotiate the price down. So he walked up to the lady and said, uh, man, that's a nice swing, but it's got a scratch on it. Will you take $15? She looked at him and it was almost like she was offended and said, game on, buddy. So they went into this vicious garage sale negotiation. She said, I won't take a penny under $29. And, and the pastor said, I'll give you $16 and then go back and forth, back and forth. Finally, the negotiation stalled and she was at $25. The pastor was at $18. Well, the pastor, and, and this irritates me so much. But the pastor, he pulled out his pastor card and said, Ma'am, I've got to be honest with you. I'm a pastor of a small struggling church with several very expensive kids. Could you give me a break? And all I've got in my wallet is $20. That's all I've got, 20 bucks. And I'll give you the 20 if you'll let me have the, the, the swing for $20. And... All of a sudden, her countenance changed, and, and she said, Oh, my dad was a pastor, and we always struggled financially. And since you're a pastor, a man of God, I'll give you the swing for $20. And the pastor said, You know what? Thank you. God is going to honor you. He's going to bless your garage sale. And so the pastor took out his wallet, opened it up to get out his money. And to his horror, the smallest bill he had in there was a $100 bill. And he had told her that all he had in his wallet was 20 bucks. I mean... Totally busted. And she said, punk, maybe not that way. Said, sir, pastor, man of God, the price is back up to $30. Probably should have gone on up to 100 But if you look at Jesus while he was on earth, you will find that he was far harder on hypocrites than he was on prostitutes and adulterers. And, and here's what I think. You want to know what I think? You're about to find out. I personally think that Jesus would be far harder on those of us who go to church than he would be on the meth addicts in town. Did you hear that? Did you hear that? That's good stuff. I think Jesus would be far harder on us here today than he would be on the meth addicts, the alcoholics, you know, those that we kind of categorize as the bad sinners. You know, Matthew chapter 23, verse 25, Jesus looked at the hypocrites and he said, woe to you. Now, whenever Jesus said, woe to you, do you know what he was saying? He was basically saying, you are in so much trouble, bud. You have no idea how bad this is going to be for you. 
But he said, woe to you. Teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites, you clean the outside of the cup and the dish, but inside they're full of greed and self-indulgence. Went on to say, first clean the inside of the cup and dish. Then the outside also will be clean. In the same way on the outside you appear to people as righteous, but on the inside you are full of hypocrisy and wickedness. Do you know what he was saying? He was saying, you lack integrity. You look religious. You look clean on the outside, but your heart is so dirty. Woe to you. And, and this is what I want you to catch. Integrity doesn't start from the outside in. It starts from the inside out. So let me ask you a question. Are you, are, are you ready for it? And I don't want you to answer flippantly, but here's the question. What is your integrity worth? Now, let me let me rephrase it a little bit. What do your actions say that your integrity is worth? For some people, their integrity isn't worth much because, you know, they've stolen something from work. Maybe it was a ream of paper to use it on their home computer. And if if that's the case, their integrity is worth whatever the ream of paper costs. Five bucks, six bucks, seven bucks, whatever it is. Or, or for some, you know, they said their child was two years old so they could get in free when in reality the child is three and should have to pay five dollars for them. Their integrity is worth five bucks. Or maybe some of you ladies are like this one woman who said, you know, when I buy an outfit, I hide it for two months and then I wear it. And when my husband asks, is that a new outfit? She says, no, I've had it for months. True story. Sometimes people exaggerate stories to get attention. So their integrity is worth that little bit of extra attention. Maybe there are some students and they cheat to get a better grade. For them, that's what their integrity is worth. So again, I ask the question, what is your integrity worth? There was a man in the Old Testament named Job that valued his integrity so much. Look at what he said in Job chapter 27, verse 5. He said, till I die, I will not deny my integrity. I will maintain my righteousness and never let go of it. My conscience will not reproach me as long as I live. And, and, and do you know the context for this? Job was saying this after his friends had turned on him, after his wife had said, you know, why don't you just curse God and die? But Job said, I will maintain my righteousness, never let go of it. Even if you, my friends, my family, if you turn on me and tell me to curse God, I will still maintain my righteousness. In closing, let me tell you a story about a coach. This coach was a good man. He was not one of those coaches who uses a lot of foul language to intimidate. I know that's kind of the thing. And by the way, I'm... I'm thankful for the coaches that we have in our, our church here and maybe other churches that uh, they don't do that. They, uh, they honor God in that area. And I know, Jeremy, we've talked about that before, and thank you for uh, just your life in that area. But anyway, this, this coach was a good man and uh, wanted his players to have integrity. The team went on a trip one time, and at the end of the evening, they all went out to play miniature golf. 
And you know at the end of the 18th hole, when you get the ball in the hole, it goes down a tube into a box, and then that way you can't, you know, uh, steal the ball. You can't play, or play the 18 holes again. And Well, some of the team decided to catch the ball as it went into the hole and, and not return it. And uh, so they went back to their rooms, and one of them was just kind of casually tossing that golf ball, you know, up in the air and catching it. And the coach happened to walk in, and... He saw him with that golf ball, and you always know because they're generally a different color. And, and he said, where'd you get the ball? The coach already knew, and, and he said, you stole that ball. He said, you're off the team. He said, if you, if you will steal a putt-putt golf ball, you'll steal other things, and that means you don't have integrity, and I don't want you on my team. Well, the student-athlete began begging him and said, Coach, I'm, I'm sorry, I'll do whatever I need to do to make it right. And, and uh, the coach said, okay, here, here's what you're going to have to do. You're going to have to take the ball back and tell the manager you stole it. And so this, this man, uh, young man went back to the manager and said, Sir, I'm really sorry, but I stole this golf ball. Forgive me. And then the coach repeated a, a phrase that originally was credited to a man by the name of Alan Simpson. And uh, you've heard it many times, but he said, if you have integrity, nothing else matters. But if you don't have integrity, then nothing else matters. So the, the question comes up, what do you do when you realize that you don't have integrity? First of all, make sure that you've given your heart to Jesus. I mean truly giving your heart to Jesus. You know, without a relationship with Jesus, it's going to be hard to live a life of integrity. And, you know, I think in this part of the country, we call ourselves the Bible Belt, the religious part of America. I think a lot of us just kind of think that uh, we just, that the Christianity relationship with God just kind of grew in us. And we need to understand that just coming to church, that just being baptized, just paying your tithe, that doesn't mean that you have a relationship with Jesus Christ. So make sure you have given your heart to Jesus. Well, you say, well, I've done that. Then secondly, get to know Jesus better. You know, here's what I'm finding out about myself. And I'm finding this out about a lot of people is that we know Jesus, but most of the time it's on a fairly shallow level. But when we get to know him better, and allow the indwelling Holy Spirit to fill us. Then He gives us the power to do what is right. So, so can I just say this to you? Dig into a deeper relationship with Him. Thirdly, I would encourage you to become a person of your word. Uh, tell the truth. I don't think I've said this yet today, but pay your bills. You know, Matthew 5, 37 says, let your yes be yes and your no, no. And don't let people say about you, well, you really can't trust him or her. You, you know, you can't believe a word. They say, be a person of your word. And so the, the, this morning as we wrap things up, I want us to be really honest and ask God to show us any area that may lack integrity. Again, I think we're more shocked with people that show integrity than others because we're expecting a certain level of dishonesty in everyone but that needs to change church the church of jesus christ 
needs to have different values that line up with the values of Jesus Christ. And here's what I've noticed. The closer I get to God, the more he shines his light on my heart and, and more of my darkness is revealed. So can we just open our hearts and ask God to search us today? And if there's something in our lives, whether it's a foul mouth or maybe it's an unpaid bill, maybe another area of hypocrisy, cheating or whatever it is that that God we give God permission to reveal that to us today and that we would make a commitment today to be a person of integrity let's pray together Lord uh, I thank you for your word and I know this this lesson was tough for me it was tough to speak and I'm sure it was even tougher to hear Lord, first of all, I want to pray for those people here today that are full of integrity. Would you bless them? God, I believe there are people here that are totally honest. And because we're still cloaked in human flesh, there may be those times when they mess up, but they will go back and make it right. They will apologize and receive forgiveness. Would you bless would you bless those people who are full of integrity? Lord, I want to pray for those businesses, this in this community, we have some amazing business owners that in their core value is to do what's right. And it's not just to make money, even though, yes, that's part of business, but it's to help a community and it's to serve a community. And so, Lord, for those business owners, those businesses that are operating according to integrity, I pray that you would bless them even greater than you've blessed them in the past. But then, Lord, there are those people and those businesses that are not full of integrity and God, I pray that you would uh, take the liberty to convict them and, and change them. Lord, we're not asking that they would be unsuccessful. We're not asking that at all. But I pray that they would be convicted and that they would change. And Lord, this community, that it wouldn't be able to be said anymore about the Christians. You know, Christians are just a bunch of hypocrites that that would change. And Christians, Lord, they would understand that they are people of integrity. And so God, I pray that we as a church would be known as people with values of integrity. And so, Lord, as we go about our week, God, I pray that you would just help us to live our lives prayerfully and carefully and any adjustments that we need to make. I pray that you would give us the power to make those adjustments. And then, Lord, uh, would you give us, just kind of prepare our hearts. There's another tough lesson this next week as we talk about gratitude. We've become uh, so... Uh, feelings of entitlement and so we're not grateful for the things that you've given us and so God I, I pray that you would prepare our hearts Lord let this be let this be an amazing week where we honor you in every aspect of our life we pray this in Jesus name and all of God's people said Amen Amen. Let me just uh, say, just in case there's a little bit of, uh, there's not clarity. We do have church tonight. We do not have the small Sunday, uh, small groups. That'll be next Sunday, but we do have regular church this evening, six o'clock. Looking forward to our speaker. It's not me. So uh, I would invite you to come and um, we'll see you this evening, six o'clock. You're dismissed. 
You've been listening to the Sunday morning message broadcast from Church of God Holiness in El Dorado Springs. Our messages are archived at www.eldochurch.com or to order compact discs or DVD videos of the messages, call the church at 417-876-2200. Thank you for listening.